We are glad that you are here this weekend with us at Impact, this very special weekend. If this is your first time here, I'm Steve Hammer. I'm one of the pastors here, and we are really glad that you're here. This weekend, we have some special guests, and I'll introduce them to you a little later. But because of that, I only have about 15 minutes to speak to you today. And my good friend Roger, who you're going to hear from in a little while, has always said that there's no such thing as a bad, short sermon. So this ought to be pretty good and uh, hope that uh, you are blessed. But in September of 2009, I had been the pastor of this church, then called West Hills Christian Church, for just over three months. And our leadership had spent considerable time in meetings discussing the vision and future of our church. And when we finished, I presented that vision in a series of messages that was called Focus forward. And today, let me quote directly from the first message in that series called Reaching Beyond Our Dreams. It was delivered September 13th, 2009. I said, I want to begin sharing with you today the path God is leading our church to pursue. Let's read two passages. The first is Ephesians 3. With God's power working in us, God can do much, much more than anything we can ask or imagine. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus for all times, forever and ever. Amen. The second was from 1 Corinthians 2. It says, But it is just as the scriptures say, what God has planned for people who love him is more than eyes have seen or ears have heard. It has never entered our minds. And I went on to say, there is a clear theme in these verses. God wants to do more. What is it that God wants to do here at West Hills? More. Do we know all the details? No, but he wants to do more. He has done some really great things since the church started. Lives have been changed. Souls have been saved. People have been cared for and ministered to. But do you know what the passage clearly says? Those things aren't enough. God wants to do more. He wants to touch more lives, help more people, and save more people. He wants to do more, more than we have seen or heard, more than we have asked, more than we have ever dreamed about or imagined. And I said, now, that's hard for me to get my mind around because I'm a dreamer. And I have dreamed some big dreams for our church and our community. And if I understand these verses, when I look at the biggest dream, the wildest dream, the one that seems the most far-fetched, these verses say God wants to do more than that. I said, that's the theme of these verses. God wants to do more. And the decision of our leaders is very simple. We plan to let him. We have decided we want to join God in whatever he wants to do here in our church. We don't want to ask him to bless what we want to do. We want to do what God is blessing. That's what I said eight and a half years ago. And wow. Wow. Has he done more? God has done so much more than I dreamed he would, or more than any of our leaders dreamed he would. In that time, we have seen well over 400 people baptized into Christ here. Our congregation 
has about tripled in size. Lives have been changed. Homes have been saved. Ministries here locally and around the world have been supported and so much more. And on top of all those great things, God has given us this building and this property to continue to do more than we could ask or imagine. And today, we dedicate this building and this property to the bigger things that God wants to do for us and through us. But if I'm going to stay within my time limit, I'd better get to answering the question, what are we dedicating this place to be? I'm going to hit on three themes briefly, and we'll have more to say about them during the rest of this message series in the next three weeks. But first of all, we're dedicating this place to be a place for everyone we haven't met yet. A place for everyone we haven't met yet. A big part of our vision for this place is to provide a community center, a gathering place for people in our community to use all week long. We have determined that just being a better church isn't going to cause some people to come to a church service. But we want to follow the heart of God and we want to have a chance to touch them too. And Jesus told a story about a master giving a party and some of the invited guests made excuses and stayed away. And so he invited more, but when there was still room, this is what he said to his servant. The master said to the servant, go out, into the, go out to the highways and the country roads, tell the people there to come, I want my house to be full. God wants a full house. And the house that he wants full is heaven. He's talking about heaven. He wants heaven to be full. And we are supposed to do whatever it takes to bring people into his house. And because of that, we dedicate this place to be a place for everyone we haven't met yet. Incredibly, one of the groups that we are dedicating our church building and this property to are people who hate church. They hate church. They may hate it because they've been hurt by churches in the past. Many of us have been. In fact, I know our church has hurt people in the past, most times without intending to, but still it happens, and it shouldn't, but it does. And some people hate church because they've been hurt, and they won't come to church because you invite them to a service, but they've been showing up. They've been showing up to play basketball or to let their kids run around the soccer field or play areas, and maybe, just maybe, they will give Jesus and his church another chance as a result. And another church, another group we haven't met yet are people who never think about church. I mean, their lives are busy, and it isn't that they're hostile towards Christ. They're not hostile towards the church, but they just haven't seen it as a priority. But they're showing up too. And some are getting curious enough about what type of church provides this kind of a center as a gift to the community that they're coming and they're visiting our services. A third group we haven't met yet uh, that this place is for is some people who love church. They love church, but they moved here and they got busy and they haven't found a church yet. And some of them are getting excited about plugging into a community of believers like Impact where we let God love us and love others through us. And so we dedicate this church to everyone we haven't met yet. 
And I'll have more to say about that next week when we talk about acceptance for everyone. But secondly, we dedicate this building to be a place for everyone we already know. We don't want you to be left out. This is also a place for people we already know. It's a place for people who have had their lives changed by the ministry of impact for years. Your story may have started back in the middle school or on the old campus, or it may have started at our Beaver Valley campus or through our radio ministry. It may have started through our revolution or celebrate recovery ministry or one of our many community compassion projects or just at one of our weekend services but God has used impact in your life. And maybe you're here and we haven't seen you in a while. I mean, you got busy or you went somewhere else for a time, but impact has had a positive effect on you in the past and you're here right now. And whatever your situation, we dedicate this place to everyone we already know because we are going to keep working to let God use us to change the lives of people we know also. And part of the way that he changes us is by using us. He loves other people through us. And many have had their lives changed radically for Jesus by just saying yes to him and serving him. And serving is one of the things that he created us to do. Ephesians 2.10 says this, He, God, created each of us by Christ Jesus to join him in the work he does, the good work he has gotten ready for us to do, work we had better be doing. It's a joy to see many people stepping up to serve and uh, as we've moved into this new facility and we still have room for you. We still have a need for you, a place for you to serve. But you know, this facility also makes it easier for you to talk to your friends about Jesus. It's just easier to invite them to have a meal with you in our cafe or to meet you uh, for a play date with kids and you, you think that, uh, the conversation about God and about Jesus and about the church will just flow naturally when you do that. And we'll talk more about that in a few weeks too. But let me give you one more. We dedicate this building to be a place for everyone Jesus loves. In short, this is a place for everyone because Jesus loves everyone. Jesus loves Everyone. He wants us to reach out to everyone, so he wants this place to be for everyone. His stated reason for coming to earth was very clear. Look at what he says in Luke chapter 19. The Son of Man came to find lost people and save them. A big part of why we are doing this is to help Jesus find lost people. Sure, he wants to find and serve people who are, feel lost because they're lonely or they feel lost because their relationships are falling apart or because they're new in the area and they don't know anyone. But mostly, he wants us to find people who are lost in their sin, people who, if they aren't found, will face a Christless eternity separated from God. And some of those people will want into this place for an event or a team meeting or just to let their kids run and they will eventually be led into a relationship with God and the promise of forgiveness and eternal life. And will that happen with everyone who comes in here? We don't expect it will. But we do expect that God is using this place that we dedicate to him to draw some people who are currently far from him into an eternal relationship with him. So let me end by 
adjusting only slightly the words that I ended that message back in September of 2009 with, I said, the prize will be worth the price. The prize will be worth the price. There's a price to be paid for focusing on his vision and strategically moving forward. There will be some things we don't like. Some things we have always loved about our church will change. But when people we love give their heart to Jesus and are heading for heaven, the prize will be worth the price. And some may be uncomfortable when we dress more casually or the music gets louder. And I will add, when we open the doors to the community every day of the week. But when our kids stay here, rather than going to other churches that they feel better meet their needs, the prize will be worth the price. And I said, it will be expensive to implement some of what we envision. <laughs> we had no idea how expensive it will be expensive to implement some of what we envision. It will mean more staff, more equipment, more property, more budget money. And, but when single parents and grieving people and drug addicts all meet Jesus because of it, the prize will be worth the price. And other Christians may not understand. They may criticize. They may call us liberal or deceived or they may joke that we're providing a community center to rich kids. But when we get to heaven and we stand with some of those people who find Jesus through this place, and Jesus says, well done. The prize will be worth the price. So I want to end at the same place I began. Ephesians 3, with God's power working in us, God can do much, much more than anything we can ask or imagine. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus for all times, forever and ever. Amen. And 1 Corinthians 2. But it is just as the scriptures say, what God has planned for his people who love him is more than eyes have seen or ears have heard. It has never even entered our mind. You realize those verses are still true, just like they were eight and a half years ago, just like they were centuries ago. God still wants to do more. He still wants to do more. And I hope it won't surprise you to hear me say, on behalf of our pastors and our elders here at Impact, we still plan to let him. We still plan to let him do more. And we dedicate this place to him for his purpose. We dedicate this as a place... For everyone. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for trusting us with this vision, with this place. And Father, we thank you that you don't want to just do what we can imagine. You want to do even more. And so, Father, we stand ready to faithfully follow you as you do more in this place. In Jesus' name, amen.
You can be seated. Hey, we have a lot of special guests with us today, and we don't have time to introduce them all to you, but I hope you're all staying for cake afterwards. We've forgotten to mention that the last two services. The cake's going to be out there, and so be sure to get cake, and uh, that would be a good thing. But right now, I want to introduce you to two people who will be speaking in just a little while. I'll introduce you to first to Doug Crozier. Doug is the CEO of the Solomon Foundation. You can find a more thorough bio of him in your bulletin. But the Solomon Foundation has been instrumental in uh, getting us here. Doug has been a friend of mine for many years. He also helped us in our relocation project when we were in Arizona. But I can tell you without a shadow of a doubt that without the help of the Solomon Foundation and Doug Crozier, we would not be sitting in this room having services. We would not be open to the community all week long. And so, Doug, thank you and thank the Solomon Foundation. And he's going to come and speak after uh, Roger speaks. Roger Storms is uh, my, one of my best friends in the whole wide world. We've been friends for about 40 years since we were uh, in the nursery or, or something like that. But um, <laughs> we've been uh, friends for about 40 years. And Roger was the senior pastor at the church that I was the youth pastor for when I was in college. And uh, we uh, have had a great friendship. Roger recently retired as the lead pastor of Compass Christian Church. It used to be Chandler Christian Church in Chandler, Arizona, where he served for 29 years. And God used him to help grow that church from 120 people to about 3,000 people. And so Roger has a lot of credibility and he's going to share with us right now. So welcome, Roger. Well, hello, Compass, or Compass, I'm sorry, Impact. He just said Compass. Hello, Impact. Hello. Where am I? Hello, Impact. Hello. All right, good. I want to say bem-vinda uh, uh, to uh, uh, the Portuguese friends who are here, the Brazilian friends who are in the service today. It's great to have you here as well. I want you to know how much I love your pastor and his wife, Jill. Uh, we have been good friends. Uh, I knew him when he had hair. Uh, it's just an amazing uh, thing, and, and he's just a, a great person, uh, faithful, and so great to see what God is doing through he and your leadership here. I also um, want to uh, bless you here at Impact as you reach up and reach out and reach in for Christ Jesus as God is doing marvelous things. And this facility, wow, just absolutely amazing. But, but I, I, it would be really easy after all the work you've done to get here and all you're doing now to take a breath, to, to ease off, to take a little bit of a break. But this isn't the completion of the task. In fact, in many ways, this is just the beginning of the task that God has called it to you. Never forget this. Remember that this facility, this facility is just a tool. It's just a tool that God once has given to you to use to further his kingdom and make a difference in this world. Remember that when God called Moses to serve him, uh, Moses said, I can't do it, God. And God said, what's in your hand? And uh, Moses said, it's my shepherd's staff, uh, it's my shepherd's rod. And he said, throw it down on the ground. So Moses threw it down on the ground. How many of you remember this story? And he threw it down on the ground and it turned into a snake. And God asked Moses to take a great step of faith. At least it would be for me to touch a snake. But this snake is, in, and he says, reach down and pick up that, that snake. And he did. And when he did, that staff, that shepherd's rod, became his solid again in his hand. Moses' shepherd's staff, his rod, became the rod of God. 
And that is what God has given you at Impact. He's given you this amazing facility as a tool to make a difference in this community, to make an impact in this community. But also remember that this facility is just a test. It's just a test. God is watching, passionately he's watching, to find you all using what he's given to you to use and to see if you'll use it faithfully. He wants to know that you'll do the best with it. And he's, he's given you a test to see if you will be faithful for him. In Luke chapter 12, verse 48, Jesus in one of the parables says, From everyone who has been given much, much will be demanded. And from the one who has been entrusted with much, much more will be asked. God has given you much here. And he's going to watch and test you to see if you will use it faithfully for him. But there's a third thing I want you to remember, and that is that this facility is not just a tool and a test, it's also a trust. God has entrusted you this amazing facility. He's entrusted you with this incredible mission that you have, this incredible vision that God has given you and your leaders to make impact in this community. And God wants to know, can I trust you with what I've given you? In 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 2, the Apostle Paul says, Now it's required that those who have been given a trust must prove, what's the last word? Say it again. Must prove what? Faithful. God is trusting you with this tool and this test to see if you will be trustworthy, if you will be faithful. So instead of looking at this as the completion of the task, please understand that this is really the new and exciting beginning of the task of what God has called you to do. This great tool to impact your community, impact your world. Now let me remind you all why we're here. <coughs> that everything that we believe about Jesus is true. Can I get amen to that? Everything that we believe about Jesus is true. We believe that God saw us in our need and our sin and, and he sent the Jesus, part of the Trinity, and he came to earth and he lived here for 33 sinless years. And then he was arrested and by the hands of godless men, he was tortured and put on the cross and he died to pay the price for my sin, for your sin, <coughs> for, for, uh, to take care of us, to give us a hope of eternity. And then God raised him from the dead showing that not only did he defeat sin, but he defeated death for each one of us. And Jesus then ascended into heaven, and one day he promised he's going to come back again. Folks, let me remind you, this is true. Amen? This is true. This is why we do what we do, and we must never, ever forget it. So I want us to focus on the last words of Jesus as he ascended into heaven, the, the last words that he gave his followers as he focuses on this future this task that's at hand of impacting the world. You know these verses. In Matthew chapter 28, verses 19 and 20, Jesus says this, Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Excuse me a minute. Nancy, could you bring my coffee up here? <coughs> It was 80 degrees when I left Chandler the other day, so uh, a little different uh, here in town. By the way, this is my lovely wife, Nancy. Didn't get introduced, so my strong right hand for 43 years, and uh, what a blessing. So Jesus gave us this commission, and in these two verses, Jesus tells us how to have maximum impact, how to have maximum impact. And he tells us, first of all, that a church of maximum impact defines its cause. A church of maximum impact defines its cause. You see, if you aim at nothing, it's easy to hit that target. It's easy to hit nothing and do nothing. 
And it's real easy to see this facility as your goal, and we've accomplished it. But it's not the goal. It's the means to that goal. This facility is the means to God's end for you. Impact Christian Church exists for those who are not yet a part of this church family. You exist for the tens of thousands in your community who don't know Jesus as Savior and Lord. So Jesus defines the cause, the mission, the vision. Jesus says in Matthew chapter 28, verse 19, that we are to make disciples of all nations, baptizing them and teaching them. That's the verb, make disciples and then baptize them and to teach them. This is our mission. This is the cause. Jesus said in John chapter 17, verse 18, and that great high priestly prayer, just before he went to Gethsemane and eventually the cross, Jesus prayed this, he said, in the same way that you gave me a mission in this world, I give them a, what is it? A mission into this world. He gave us a mission. And in Acts chapter 24, verse 20, or Acts 20, verse 24, the apostle Paul says, the most important thing is that I complete my mission, the work that the Lord gave to me to tell people the good news about God's grace. That is what God has called us to do. Now, there are lots of good things that Impact can do. Impact can have a great pastoral care department caring for people in their needs. It can have great support groups to minister to people in their hurts and habits and hang-ups. It can have an incredible worship music program like we've seen here today. You can have a great study program to get people deeper and deeper into God's Word. But all these good things are important, but for Impact to have maximum impact, you have to keep the main thing the main thing. You've heard your pastor say that before, but it's just that critical to keep the main thing the main thing and to not forget that. One day, a man, food critic, went to Atlanta, Georgia, supposedly the home of some great fried chicken, and he wanted to go to the restaurants that had the best fried chicken around. <coughs> so he looked up uh, in the yellow pages of the phone book. This tells you how long ago it was. And, uh, and he's uh, under the fried chicken category, began to look around, and he saw a restaurant called um, the Church of God Grill. He thought that was curious, had many sites, but it was rated to be one of the best chicken places, fried chicken, in Atlanta. But he was curious at the name, so he called them up, got the office, and uh, he said, I'm very curious about your name, Church of God Grill. She said, we've been voted the number one fried chicken place in all of Atlanta. He said, I understand that, but your name, how did you get your name? She said, well, years ago, we had a little church called Church of God, and in order to help raise funds, we started selling fried chicken after service, and people loved it, and they stayed, and before long, word got out, people started coming to our church after the services were over with to buy fried chicken, and people wanted to buy fried chicken to take home with them, so we served fried chicken on Sunday night, and then they asked if we could do it on Wednesday night, and if we could do it on Saturday night, and before long, we just forgot about the church part and started serving fried chicken. The term for that is called mission drift. And it's real possible, even for impact, to forget about why you are here. To lose that sight of that mission, that vision. Folks, let me remind you, it's not about buildings. It's about people. People who are far from God. People who don't know the love and the salvation that's offered to Jesus Christ. That is why you're here. A church of maximum impact defines its cause. But second of all, Jesus tells us that a church of maximum impact determines its course. It determines its path, its course. In Matthew chapter 28, verse 19, Jesus says, Therefore, go. Therefore, go. Now, I'm going to give you a little bit of a Greek lesson here. 
this go uh, is, is a present active participle. It's a modifier of the next statement. And he says, you are to go. Literally, it's an active voice. It means that we are, as we are going, we are to do these things. Now, you've got a great facility here. And you can expect a lot of your community to come in and to use the, the, the landing in that amazing way. And, and that's a great thing because it introduces them a little bit to your church. That's called attractional evangelism. Attractional evangelism. And that's a wonderful, marvelous thing. Your service style is attractional evangelism. But if our goal is to love people and lead them to Jesus, how are we going to get there? And, and you have a strategy. And attractional evangelism is not enough. It needs to be backed by incarnational evangelism. Incarnational evangelism. That's where it becomes part of your life. The story of Jesus becomes part of who you are. Again, as Jesus was ascending into heaven, he said to his disciples, as Luke records in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, go and be my witnesses. Notice he says, be my witnesses. He doesn't say go witness. He says, become that witness. Live it out in the way you live your life. So, friends, you've got to take that same time and energy and effort and enthusiasm and all the resources that you plugged in to getting into this facility and now mobilize them into making an impact. You're doing great with the attractional part. Now you have to make sure you don't lose sight of the intentional part of evangelism. I, I, uh, I love my smartphone. I probably love it too much. Uh, how many of you have a smartphone, all right? And one of the great features of a smartphone is the, the GPS program, the mapping program that's on there. You get into a place like here, and you're going, I have no idea where anything is, and you're trying to find it, and they say, oh, just go such and such in this turn, and your roads all turn around like this. And so, uh, so when Steve said to get to our house at the church building Sunday night or Saturday night, he said that just go to the landing because that's in Google Maps. And so I turned on my phone, I got Google Maps up, I, it located where I was, and I put in the landing, it had the address, and it gave me directions to get from his house to the church building. It's an amazing tool, because you tell it where, it knows where you are, and it tells you how to get where you want to be. God has done that through His Word. And what God says is to have maximum impact, you have to follow this course of attractional and uh, incarnational evangelism to make a difference to do what God wants us to do, to have maximum impact. Remember, folks, it's not about this building. It's about the people. Amen? It's about the people. Now, there's a third way that this church can have maximum impact that Jesus tells us, and that's by developing its community, by developing its community. Let me break that word community down for you. Com is Latin. It means with, and unity means unity. And so calm unity means with unity. And that's how God wants us to operate. Friends, listen, unless you work together, hold together, like your life depend on it, and, and you maintain a deep fellowship with each other and with the Lord Jesus Christ, you'll never have maximum impact. Satan's greatest desire is to try to divide you. Oh, we don't like this. Oh, we don't, this isn't good. I wish we had done it this way. How come I can't get what I want? Satan's greatest desire is to try to divide you because then he lessens your impact. You need to function and hold fast to each other. I love the Peanuts cartoon strip. In one of the episodes of Peanuts, uh, Lucy uh, said to her younger brother Linus, Linus, go get me a glass of water. And Linus turns to Lucy and says, why should I do that? 
And Lucy holds up her hand and she said, Do you see these fingers? Individually, they're not much. But when you put them together, they become a mighty force. <laughs> Individually, you say, I'm not sure what we can accomplish. But when you come together as one church impact, you become a mighty force in the kingdom of God. You need to be together with Him and with each other to have maximum impact. So never forget, it's not about buildings. It's about the people. Well, there's a, a fourth uh, element of uh, what God wants us to do to have maximum impact. And uh, we're going to move on to that fourth one. And that is a church of maximum impact depends on its creator. It depends on its creator. I know um, how real this true this really is. I'm a veteran of three church relocation programs and nine uh, building programs. And uh, I know how hard work it is. The effort, the sacrifice, the energy, the time, it's tough. Jesus also knew that what you've done here at Impact and what you're going to do in Impact is a huge task. A huge task. So it gives us a reminder. In Matthew 28, verse 20, Jesus says, And surely I am with you. How long? How long? Not just yesterday, not just when you were building the building, but he will be with us always, even till the very end of the age. God wants us to realize that we're never alone in this task. And when you feel like it's insurmountable, you need to remember the power of God. When you feel like you're doing it by yourself, you need to remember that you're not alone, that God is always with you. I heard about a little girl one time. Her mother would let her in her nighttime prayers. They both knelt beside the bed. The little girl folded her hands and bowed her head. And the little girl began and said, God, bless mommy and bless daddy. Bless my brother and bless my sister. Bless my grandparents. Bless all my friends. And on and on she went. You parents know what I'm talking about. And finally, as she concluded her prayer, and she said, And oh God, please take care of yourself. Because without you, we're all sunk. <laughs> She simply voiced the reality that without God, you'll never accomplish maximum impact. But with God, all things are possible. Amen? With God, you will have maximum impact. I have five wonderful grandchildren. I love them to pieces. And I've spent time, individual time, with each one of them. Many of you know the stories about how when you're walking with your children and they're young and they want to do it on their own, I can do it, me do it. And they start to walk up that hill or along that curb and they get a little bit shaky or they're not sure what's going to happen. They immediately just stick out their hand. They don't ask for help. They just assume that you're going to be there to help them. So they stick out their hand. Now, I would take a bullet for my grandkids. I would break my neck to try to make sure they don't fall. And if I as a father and a grandfather can do that in my flesh, how much more will a supernatural father stand ready to take your hand and lead impact as you march forward into the days ahead. Never forget that you're not alone on this journey. That you're not doing this by yourself. But also never forget that it's not about these buildings. It's about the people. People who are far from God. Who need to know the saving grace and love of Jesus Christ. So impact, if, if you know what you're supposed to do and you have a plan to do it, and you work together, and you put your hand in the hand of God. You won't be a church with a name impact. 
you will be a church of maximum impact. I, I can't say it any better than Jesus did. He said, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always, even till the very end of the age. Would you pray with me? God, I thank you for these truths that are so inspirational. These truths of how we can have maximum impact in our lives individually, but in the, this church's life. I pray, God, that you will do far beyond anything that we could ask or imagine. That as they simply understand the mission that they've been called to, and as impact works together and holds together, follows the course that you lay out for them and hold and depend upon your strength, that, God, you will use them in a mighty way to impact this community and this world. And I ask this in the name of the one who would rather die than live without us, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Thank you. Well, good morning. My name is Doug Crozier, and I have the privilege of serving as the Chief Executive Officer of the Solomon Foundation. And I bring you greetings from uh, our board, our investors, and our staff all across the United States. Uh, it was a little over five years ago that uh, I had the uh, um, opportunity to come to Pittsburgh and to meet with Steve and the leadership and dream about what could happen. As Steve shared earlier, uh, we've been friends for over 20 years and uh, have worked with him uh, in Arizona on, on a project there. And so we began to dream. And um, part of our philosophy at the Solomon Foundation is we love to convert big boxes, okay? So we've done grocery stores, Walmarts, Home Depots, uh, racquetball, indoor clubs, all those kind of things uh, into churches. And so you can imagine for me to come to Pittsburgh on my second trip here, and uh, the leadership shows me this building, this 85,000 square foot uh, facility that's an in, uh, uh, um, uh, ice rink. I was like a little kid in a candy store, okay? The opportunity here uh, was just uh, uh, amazing. Um, like I said, I love big boxes, but again, as Roger and Steve have said so eloquently, it is not about the building. In fact, the fourth core value of the Solomon Foundation is we want to help churches get to the next step. Now, as a financing organization, not many uh, organizations uh, that are in the, the uh, uh, area of financing churches want to help churches get to the next step, okay? That is our core value number four. And if you break that down, there's a lot of meaning to that, okay? One of the key things I want to challenge you uh, this morning, and, and both uh, Roger and Steve have also done that, is the hard work has just begun. The hard work has just begun. You know, coming in here and all the volunteer work that, that you all did to help bring this facility to where it is today was hard work. But the hardest work is, is yet to come. Um, uh, being a Matthew 28 church following the Great Commission like Roger shared and being an Acts church like in Acts 2.42 through 2.44. Uh, but here's another challenge I, I want to give you. I want you to be a beacon of hope for this community. 
I want you to be a 24-7 church. You know what that means? That means 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And that's going to be your big challenge uh, as you uh, move forward. But um, remember, uh, this building, and as you dedicate it today, is a gift to your community. It's a gift to be able to expand the kingdom here. And I've heard a lot this morning uh, here at this church, but the number that impressed me the most, and I want you to hear this, this church has baptized 400 people in the last seven or eight years. That's incredible. But here's the thing. Your next challenge is, can you baptize 1,000 or 1,500 or 2,000 people in, in the weeks and months and years ahead? So congratulations on this great facility. We're blessed to be able to partner with all of you. And uh, congratulations, Steve, and the leadership, uh, the staff, and the elders for such a great facility and a job well done. But again, uh, your work has just begun. Thank you. Well, we want to um, use this time to uh, consecrate this building and pray and dedicate it to God's use. And uh, I want to introduce to you one more person uh, as they come to the stage. I want to introduce you to Jack Fowler. Jack Fowler uh, was one of the first pastors here at Impact. Uh, as a matter of fact, he was instrumental in starting this church 48 years ago. Some of you know his... Yep. Some of you know his son, John, who is one of our elders here. And uh, John was just uh, a toddler when the church began. But uh, we're going to have Mr. Fowler pray for us as we dedicate our building. And then you know Chris Molnar. I hope you know Chris. Chris is the chairman of our elders, and he's going to pray. And then following uh, their prayers, I will also pray. But let's stand together as we honor God by dedicating this facility to him. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you that in your word we're told that every good and perfect gift that you have given us and every promise that you have given us has come true. And we thank you for the promise that Jesus made to his disciples that someday they would be with him. And when Thomas questioned this, saying that he did not know where you were going, he did not know the way, and you told him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. We thank you that you are the way, and you have prepared a place for us that we can ima cannot imagine. We're told again in your word in the book of Corinthians that the Apostle Paul knew a man who had been ascended up into heaven, and there he saw and heard things that were indescribable and things that were forbidden to be told because they were so wonderful the words could not be found to describe them. We thank you for the church that meets here, and we pray that they will use this building and dedicate this building for the assembly of the church, that we will be able to see the people of the church being among the community as witnesses to your good and to what you can do in their lives. We thank you that we are without sin because of Jesus. Yes. We're told that in the, again in the book that John wrote, the first chapter of the first letter, 
that we who have said we who say that we are without sin are liars and we make God to yourself to be a a, a liar and we thank you that when we do sin again tells us in the book of John the first chapter of the first letter that we have Jesus as our mediator we thank you because of his life because of what he sacrificed for us we're able to be forgiven and we know that the church will meet here to be encouraged and to be able to uh, learn the things that they need to do to display in their lives the life of Jesus, that people will want to become one of his. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Father God, we are just uh, so excited and uh, just it's a great opportunity to see um, your kingdom alive and active and thriving here, not just in Moon Township or in Pittsburgh, but throughout the world, Lord. And it's such a humbling and honoring experience to be just a small part of that, Lord. We have all these wonderful, wonderful followers of you who have different talents, different gifts, different abilities, all reaching out and, and striving and working towards one unified goal, and that is to let the world know about your son, Jesus Christ. Lord, uh, there are tens of thousands of people that are lost around us, do not, don't know the, the pleasure of your son, Jesus, Lord. And we know that you're working through their hearts to when they, when they walk through these doors or when they see all of our members and, and people that are here, Lord, that they might know Jesus and come to know him and come to be saved, Lord. We just thank you for that opportunity to be a part of that 